following his absence from On Her Majesty's Secret Service, Sean Connery made a triumphant return in Diamonds Are Forever, his last official Bond film. I'm Stephen Archibald, and welcome to my movie podcast. you a warm welcome to my podcast, They Came From Within, Cult Movie Reviews. Licence Renewed, Diamonds Are Forever, 1971. Although it did eventually make a profit, the producers of the Bond franchise, Albert R. Broccoli and Harry Saltzman, were stung by the relative box office failure of On Her Majesty's Secret Service and they were deflated by their clashes with George Lazenby. Therefore, they were more than happy to pay an exorbitant amount of money to bring Sean Connery back for one last film. In fact, United Artists insisted he be brought back. Connery was paid over $1 million for his services, a huge amount of money for the early 1970s, and the gallant Sean donated his sizeable fee to the Scottish International Education Trust. This is the Bond adventure in which 007 has to trick his way into a diamond smuggling operation, one which leads to uncovering the latest scheme of his archenemy Blofeld, who wants to use these precious gems to power his laser-equipped satellite. Set to destroy Washington DC, and hold the world to ransom. Even though Connery had only been away from the Bond flicks for four years, he looks much older here than he did in You Only Live Twice. Despite this, he still exudes a great deal of charisma on screen, and he looks far more at ease than he did in the previous picture. The film's overall lighter tone certainly would have helped. With Richard Maybaum, Having supplied the original draft, Tom Mankiewicz was undoubtedly brought in to give the tale more dark humour, as well as to bring plenty of playful touches to counterbalance the violence. The previous Bond films occasionally wandered into the fantastical, whereas Diamonds Are Forever was the first one to almost feel like a parody of 007 movies, in a good way. So, it could be argued that the template for Roger Moore's more outlandish James Bond pictures The Spy Who Loved Me, Moonraker, Octopussy and View to a Kill was created by this one, starring Sean Connery. The fuss that's forever generated about George Lazenby replacing Sean Connery in the previous picture usually makes people overlook other key changes in casting in this period. Here, we're on to Bond movie number seven, and it's the one which presents us 
with a third actor playing Blofeld. Having seen Donald Pleasance's face in You Only Live Twice and Telly Savalas's in On Her Majesty's Secret Service, we now get to gaze at the imperious features of Charles Grey. However, Blofeld is no longer bald. He has a full head of luxurious white hair and now speaks with a plummy English accent. Although, it's good to see he still has a penchant for fluffy white cats. But it's another important character who's had more cinematic facelifts by this stage. Namely, Bond CIA buddy Felix Leiter. Felix was portrayed by Jack Lord in Doctor No, Cease Linda in Goldfinger, Rick Van Nutter in Thunderball, and by Norman Burton in this film. In fact, in the official Bond movie series, seven men have played Felix Leiter to date. The others being David Hedison, John Terry, and Jeffrey Wright. And, as a bonus point, it's Bernie Casey who plays Leiter in the unofficial Bond film Never Say Never Again. Diamonds Are Forever was the first Bond movie to have an American actress play the female lead. Jill St. John was auditioning for the minor role of Plenty O'Toole, but the makers were so impressed by her, she beat the likes of Jane Fonda, Raquel Welsh, and Faye Dunaway to the main role of Tiffany Case. And despite her being written as a stereotypically brash and loud American, Jill gave a strong, appealing performance. The beautiful Australian actress and model, Valley Kemp, who played Volnavia in the delightful Dr. Fives Rises Again, was set to play the party girl, Plenty O'Toole. However, the producer spotted Lana Wood in Playboy magazine, and she was immediately offered the part instead. Despite his still being married to the Australian actress, Diane Silento, at the time, it was reported that Connery had affairs with both Jill and Lana during filming. The irony being that after Lana's wonderful sister Natalie Wood died in tragic circumstances in 1981, her spouse Robert Wagner went on to marry Jill St. John. Apart from, say, Alfred Hitchcock's Rope from 1948, it's very rare to see a couple of gay killers in the movie. It was certainly a Bond first in Diamonds Are Forever. The Spectre Assassins, Mr. Wint and Mr. Kidd, are played, respectively, by the actor Bruce Glover and the musician Putter Smith. Years later, Glover revealed that he and Smith played a prank on Sean Connery. On set, they led him to believe that they were openly gay men, Connery only becoming aware of the ruse when he spotted Glover chatting a woman up during a plane journey. Mr. Wint and Mr. Kidd aren't the only same-sex killer duo in this film. 007 
is forced to do combat with a couple of Blofeld's bodyguards, the awesome acrobatic Bambi and Thumper, who were played by Donna Garrett and Trina Parks. This energetic encounter is certainly one of the film's highlights. Another great fight scene is the one which takes place between James Bond and the diamond smuggler Peter Franks in a lift. It recaptures the kinetic energy of the fight sequences from Honor Majesty's Secret Service. Franks was portrayed by the English actor and stuntman Joe Robinson. He was the man who taught Connery some judo moves for You Only Live Twice. And this movie marks Robinson's last screen appearance. Having belted out the wonderful Goldfinger theme tune, Shirley Bassey made her second of three such recordings for Dumbs Are Forever. This typically dramatic gem, pun unintended, was composed by John Barry and written by Don Black. Blofeld and Spectre don't feature in the 1956 source novel, which is the fourth title in the series. In the book, Bond has to take on American gangsters known as the Spangled Mob and led by the brothers Jack and Serafimo Spang. Sticking with Blofeld, apart from seeing a lookalike being eliminated at the start of For Your Eyes Only, it's 44 years before he resurfaces in a Bond movie. Ernest is portrayed by the great Austrian actor Christoph Waltz in 2015 Spectre, and he reprised the role in No Time to Die from 2021, which makes Waltz the only actor to play Blofeld in two official Bond movies. The film was shot between the 5th of April and the 13th of August 1971. It's said that the last scene Connery filmed was the one in which he was knocked unconscious and placed in a coffin. So you could say Sean buried his ties with the franchise, both literally and symbolically. Produced by Eon and Dan Jack, Diamonds Are Forever was released in December 1971 and was distributed by United Artists and it proved to be an instant hit at the box office. Connery's time as an official Bond was truly at an end. The Roger Moore era was about to begin. I'm Stephen Archibald and thank you very much for listening to my podcast. They came from within cult movie reviews. YouTube and Facebook listeners can find all of my episodes on Audible, Podbean, Spotify or from a whole range of other podcast hosts. Look after your good self and goodbye for now. Oh, 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 oh,